It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. We're back after a week hiatus. We're about to start like another week hiatus because Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, last wow. week, Matt just had a, a job, a, a real person job, and the oh. rest of us didn't. Um, <laughs> wow. um, next week, we, we have to celebrate American Thanksgiving because... Uh, yep. That's what you oh, do in the right. United you have States. To say you American, right? Yeah, you, you you visit your relatives who voted for Donald Trump, and oh come on, <laughs> like five seconds in, <laughs> all of all of that ad space he he bought here must have paid off. <laughs> anyway, there is some good news in the world. People have have received their George socks though. I saw that. They look good. So the mm. world's not not totally in crisis just yet. George socks just, still still yep. exist. Yep, not just yet. There's still <laughs> there's still some spark of of hope and optimism in everyone's future, and it is my face on their socks. That's truly what it is. <laughs> how have uh how have you guys been spending the past couple weeks? Mm. Um. I guess the majority of it, aside from work stuff, has been taken over by the fact that I'm really into Dungeons and Dragons now. Oh my god! The, wow, that's a real real life game. That's not a video game. Yeah. Um, Do you dress into, up? I, no, I mean <laughs> I have yet. a cloak. <laughs> I have yet. a cloak. But oh, okay. when we when we did our first session, I'm the dungeon master of the session oh. I'm running. So first time DM, but the Matt Mercer. Yeah, yeah, not that good, but um, when we did our first session, I, I put the cloak on briefly beforehand, and I was like, sitting in this for like three hours is going to be uncomfortable, so I decided against it. I might do it in future, but but for now, um, I'm actually just, my like downtime not spent doing work or video-related things has been either Overwatch, because they released a new hero and a bunch of balance changes, uh, and writing my D&D campaign, which is essentially all of the time that I spent as a kid writing the first two chapters of a fantasy novel that I was never going to finish, but like in a concrete way that I can use in the future, because as soon as the world is constructed and places and people, I can just use this again and again for however many campaigns. So that's been fun. Dungeons and Dragons is pretty cool. Uh, I bet there's like a lot of kind of pent up dreams and hopes coming out there because well like on top of like 
pouring out ideas that, that you've had bubbled up inside of you, I bet it explains a lot about video games in the process too, like writing things that can be subject to player interaction. Oh yeah. Um, which I think it's different from video games for the sake of if players decide to just do something that the creator, i.e. me, didn't expect with the world, like, I still have the agency of a creator to, like, whip up something new right in front of them, uh, which happened a couple times in the first session. I'm not a pro, uh, what is it, um, god, words just escaping right now. I'm not pro at improv, is the word I was looking for, but, like, a couple of times I, like, mentioned a very, like, sparse side detail, and they were like, I'm gonna go check that out, and I was like, okay, um, <laughs> crap, time, time to make up a new character, um, and then just, just a lot of stuff like that, and, uh, it's really, it's been really fun and interesting, I wrote, like, this story thing at the start when I started building the world, and I was like, then I watched, like, a bunch of DM tutorials and guides and, like, helpful stuff, and I was like, I'm not going to write anything concrete like that because there's a chance that they're absolutely never going to see it. I could write something cool in the Northeast and they're just going to go West immediately and then fuck all that stuff I spent time on. So I'm just kind of trying to keep it loose and open right now. Which so I do is that you neat. shift the continent, you know, so you, all that stuff, <laughs> you just take it to the West, man. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Just rotate the entire continent around right. them right on its, say it was on an a axis. cell that they yeah. <laughs> they didn't check <laughs> they didn't roll for that's it you're good how many people yeah, are playing have, in your group uh i made sure to keep it small it's just four players and me the dm mm. so i heard that taking on more than that can be really taxing especially for a new dm so have you had any moments where, where the whole writing and improvisation process just like completely jumped the shark and went to an utterly stupid place that that no one expected it to go um mm, no but there was like nothing stupid as of yet i had enough prepared in advance but there was one part where one of my characters playing a bard uh a bard who uses bagpipes by the way uh <laughs> attempted to get a job in the tavern that they were in playing for the night playing music and the the bartender she first she rolled a good persuasion to persuade the bartender to let her for money and then she went up on stage and rolled like a near perfect performance check so what should have gone as a fiasco and driven everybody out of the bar out of the bar uh actually like everyone loved her bagpipe performance in the bar in the <laughs> evening. And it was like, all right, well that went better than expected. Um, but like nothing, nothing overtly like, like uh, the DM fucked up. Not yet at least. So, so you have a clean record so far. So far <laughs> one out of one sessions. I've always found it really interesting to read interviews with the uh, writers of like the original infinity engine games the baldur's gates and the fallouts and whatnot because a lot of their scenarios mm -hmm. come from their experience writing tabletop games and basically writing scenarios into the video games that account for those moments where where they expect players to just go an entirely wacky unpredicted 
uh, directions, and it's really been a lost art since the advent of voice acting. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're uh, building everything in text, <coughs> you could just plug it into the system with, with a keyboard and some time. But if you're, if you're doing it with voice acting, you have to record lines in the studio with an actor and, and, and get them out there. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of underappreciated confluence between tabletop gaming and video gaming that that we could go back and learn a lot from that that developers don't really do a lot of anymore unless it's a super niche product yeah it's uh it's been really interesting looking up uh other campaigns other notable things like critical role or like um i was sent the uh uh, Matt Koval, who does some tutorials and stuff, and just listening to them talk about playing D anD D for a very long time or watching players in action—that kind of like—I always thought it was like, like, oh, it's like playing Diablo but board game version. So everybody runs into a dungeon and just you know spanks a bunch of baddies mm. and gets some neat loot, which I guess is one way to play it. But the RPing, world building, sort of like social mechanics ways something I'd never heard of at all. So now that I learned about it, I'm like, oh, this is something that's right up my alley. How are you guys doing combat? Because that's something that's always steered me away from from doing it in real life. It's just like the thought that combat takes forever. Uh, it doesn't take too long. I'm We're doing like non... There, like There's no defined board. I just kind of have a quick sketch of their situation in front of me and I describe to them like... Uh, like, yes, you can see this guy. You can't see this guy. They're this many feet away from you. You have this, this, and this around you. And so, like, if someone's like, oh, can I move close enough to hit them? I'll be like, yes, you can, or you won't be able to make it. Stuff like that. It's And it's gone pretty quickly. We only had one combat session because they spent, like, three hours in the town before we got out of it. So we just, like, we kind of, like, tacked on a little combat session outside as I, they were leaving. I bet one of the reasons I've always been really afraid of the idea of having to do rpg combat in real life is because video games have so many bad guys that need to be killed yeah is is uh, there substantially less uh bad guys to be murdered in in uh, the world of rpg gaming versus video gaming it's really just based on your preference i don't think many many situations that i've seen at least watching like critical role and stuff they don't really put too much too many enemies like just like raw amount because that does slow down combat make pacing really weird and stuff um like i just had like four goblins was their first encounter and they like mopped up three of them almost immediately and so i had the third goblin roll to or the fourth one roll to like quickly like and flustered pull out his horn and blow like a backup reinforcements call which he failed so they ended up just being four goblins but i don't think you see more than like eight bad guys in one single session it without like breaking the flow a little bit mm-hmm. um or unless it's like a really special situation where it's like there are 20 people around but this isn't meant to be like you're not meant to fight here you're meant to run or something like that you know uh yeah yeah so i guess you have to like somehow get the message across to the players what they're supposed to do Right, or put like a big ass chandelier above ten of those guys that they can knock down, or something, something <laughs> cheesy like that is usually when there's a lot of things involved. That that sounds like a stunt from a pirate movie. Uh, there are 
there are pirates in my campaign. Oh, oh of I course know. they are. Yeah. Uh. It's a coastal... But they're starting in coastal towns, so... I mean, they can go inland, but there are pirate characters that I have ready to go. Um... So but yeah, that's that's about it in Overwatch. Speaking of piracy, okay. Oh, of of the software sort and uh, the mm-hmm. uh, underground online world of, of 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 hackers that may be involved with that. Watch Dogs Two is all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard Amazing. it was. I heard it was like doable. I heard it was like a pretty good game. I, I think it would be like a really great sale pickup. I really like what they've done with the the main story missions, but it uh, is still a Ubisoft sandbox game. The thing is, like uh-huh. at this point, it's hilarious seeing them try to just completely give up on the whole. Oh, whoops! On the whole uh, tower thing, you don't climb mm-hmm. towers. All of your Ubisoft sandbox fun icons just appear on the map. As soon as you walk out of the tutorial mission, um, well, it might not be the tutorial mission. It might be like story mission number two, but all your icons are there. You don't got to climb towers to get to them. Instead of this time, you just kind of fast travel to the nearest fast travel point and then open up your menu and order a car and then drive there, which is a methodical process of its own. And it seems like they already built the game to be unlocked via towers, but when they got such a negative reaction to Ubisoft towers being being so lame in 2014, they redesigned it so that now <laughs> the the quest objectives for a lot of the story missions are at the top of towers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you still climb a lot of towers. They just like don't want you to know you're climbing a lot of towers. <laughs> And that's that's hilarious. I mean, it gets old climbing those towers, but but you can stop safer than than you could in the last ones. But the thing about it that makes it really all right is that they figured out how to make open world stealth work. Um, well, I don't know, like like MGS Five also figured it out, but they figured out how to make Ubisoft sandbox game open world stealth works. Far Cry has always kind of felt half-assed because once you uh more or less like look at an enemy they're able to look at you and yeah. and thus initiating the magic of of every single enemy in the whole camp knowing exactly where you are so as it turns out the way to get ubisoft sandbox game stealth to work is with drones basically giving you multiple camera angles to see enemies with for them not to uh not to see you with and you do a lot of um missions that that feel like the four good ones in the original games did you guys play the first watchdogs yep no it's yep 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 it's something that got a lot of harsh criticism but i've always felt that it was if not okay then at least like hinting at some kind of potential there like i I can't necessarily say it has good stealth but i always like sneaking around anyway so seeing uh them refocus the player's tool set on stealth is is pretty all right but uh the game also has the worst case of i didn't say it in the review because people would hate me for it but it has the worst case of cognitive dissonance that i may Mm. have ever seen in like a big fully budgeted triple a video game so, so like expand on that like how so the idea is that you're playing a a brilliant young hacker who uh 
wants to to lash out against a system of of racial profiling that predicted mm-hmm. him having like an 80% probability rate of growing up to be a criminal cuz he he grew up as a black kid in Oakland. He like hacks into the system and finds a predictive criminal record of him breaking and entering before he ever commits the crime and then he ended up being the suspect on a trial. They they gave him a real hard time. So you go through the game like breaking and entering into people's houses and killing security guards in order to expose the truth of this system that predicts like 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 pre-crime like in minority report yeah yeah so Um. like on top of that you also have this whole element of of you being a member of DeadSec, a a hacktivist organization that aims to expose the truth of of powerful people abusing the electronic data collection systems in place by you yourself abusing the electronic systems in place but the thing is is that they never really self reflect on that throughout the whole story the good guys are always played as like good chummy fun kids who who joke and laugh about what they're doing and they never they never Take have a moment serious. of being like oh may, are are we the bad guys they never have like a, a game theory episode moment no <laughs> they never they never think about how they might be sans um <laughs> but but the one that i dwelled on the, in in the is review it is where like no and it... that's like the pro it's like it's it's self-aware but it's not self-reflective like they are aware of how stupid the hacker culture depicted in the first game was and compensated for that by just going all the way up to 11 with it and, and openly acknowledging how stupid the whole situation and the people in it are and there's a lot of good campy fun to be had there but what it has in self-awareness it's like completely lacking in self-reflection mm-hmm. and, and the other angle of this that i dug into in the review is the the brand pr image the you play as the leader of of the San Francisco chapter of DeadSec. The whole conflict of the storyline is cultivating a positive brand image uh, for DeadSec. It's making DeadSec look cool. It's making people believe in your cause. And if you play it like a GTA game where you're running over pedestrians and getting into cop chases and shooting cops before you burst into the the rival gang's complex and and like massacre everyone in a ruthless grab of power then how in the world would the kids still think that that you're the cool guy like i i imagine if if people started Imagine if WikiLeaks did that. Like like if WikiLeaks was a street gang that killed mm-hmm. people and 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 <laughs> ran over pedestrians and, and got in car chases and shot up the cops. It like it makes no sense. And there's such a focus on stealth and and being a mischievous little tricker, trickster hacking everyone's electronics that it seems like I'm I'm fairly certain that at some point, if not multiple points during development, the game was being pitched and developed without guns entirely. Because you don't need them. You never, huh. ever need to be doing the ridiculous ultraviolence that you do in a GTA clone. In fact, it's like actually way easier and kind of overpowering 
to uh, go down your stealth branch because you unlock a button that just stuns enemies right on the spot. Hmm. Yeah, like like two ticks, maybe even one tick down down some of the stealth upgrade branches, you get a distraction button that makes a guard's phone ring so he checks his text messages if he's not aware of you, or, like, blasts loud noise into his headset, which makes him want to, like, sit down and take a break in the middle of combat! Mm. Wow. <laughs> so what you do is you send out two drones and, like, point at guards and mash the L1 button on all of them to drone your way into super secret gang hideouts to uh, grab the objectives and run out of there entirely with your drones. And it's pretty... It, it feels good seeing these little drones do the dirty work and then pressing the O button when you're done and having the camera zoom like 50 to 100 feet a block away from the place you're supposed to be sneaking in to see your like cool hacker dude pack up his laptop and walk away with no one the wiser. <laughs> and and that's that, pretty cool. That feels like the way the game's meant to be played, but they mm -hmm. also have to release a a not, not if not a gta killer then something that taps into the gta market for kids who want to shoot stuff up and cause chaos in the city and that like really doesn't fit so many different layers of of the narrative they're trying to build and i'm i'm like almost certain at some point that, that during development they were contemplating having a real consequential punishment for for getting people killed as part of dead sex hijinks because there's a follower meter <laughs> as oh you complete missions you gain followers and and even if you like shoot everyone and blow everyone up in the mission the follower count always goes up and it just seems like such a natural fit for for them to try to do a sleeping dogs thing and make that meter decrease like like in sleeping dogs you had good cop bad cop meters that related to different upgrade paths and different kinds of story missions mm -hmm. and uh that that would actually be going the extra mile versus just decreasing your follower count in watchdogs 2 and taking away some player upgrades as a kind of punishment for not playing the game right and i just i can't imagine that they can't really be more daring with uh an actually pretty unconventional unique gta spinoff that they've made it still has to have like the most base like like <laughs> the most bloodthirsty impulses of the players id somehow be be represented in in a situation that doesn't even acknowledge that being a possibility mm. how is the character of what is his name wrench he's cute He's the only thing that had me interested in Watch Dogs 2. He's real I cute. I think he's great. I mean, when I first uh, saw a lot of the stuff going on with the game style, I was like, oh, but give it a couple hours to grow on you and, and everyone becomes cute. <laughs> right, because they're like, he's he's as dumb and over the top as the developers are self-aware about that, right? Yeah. He's like fucking Reaper or something where it's like, yes, he's super edgy, like we know that we like embrace it that's and, the vibe that i got from him and and that's what i kind of like about this game style it's like an old person saying hello fellow kids and just completely <laughs> hamming it up to the point where where they know it and they're just having fun fucking with pop culture they're, they're like having fun misinterpreting 
how how like hacking and internet culture work that mm-hmm. that i i just i just can't help but appreciate that that aggressive self-awareness so this was the year to actually have some different shades of color in games oh. and they're all <laughs> just okay pretty much mm. mafia battlefield watchdogs so by this, different shades of color other than generic white male mm-mm. just making sure yeah, yeah i don't know <laughs> i i think like i still haven't played battlefield one yet but i actually think watchdogs 2 is a pretty solid game yeah okay and then i think oh. like one of the things that's really really nice about this is like i i don't know how like the protagonist is built in mafia 3 but in watchdogs 2 like him being a black guy is not not even like he's not he's not played up as a stereotype. Like it's it's he's a long way from CJ and San Andreas. Right, right. To, to Which the point is how where it he should just, be. Right. Right. But the one thing that's really fun about it are the conversations your your character has with the the other black guy in the crew. <laughs> There's a mission where you follow him to his day job at Google <laughs> and like he walks into the office with a bunch of white guys and he looks at you and is like, would you like to try a pomegranate?" <laughs> like just completely, <laughs> completely flipped a, a oh. breaking, breaking the shade. I don't know. I don't know what you guys call it, but there's like a lot of fun stuff going on with, with the conversations Oreos? between yeah. between your guy and the only <laughs> other black guy around that, that that are just really fun to watch and listen to and also sound like a little more authentic than the usual. Mm. All right. Well, well, well. This Matt, is what it. have you been uh, doing? <laughs> well, I haven't been doing much, but uh, I feel like I feel I feel like I've I've been playing something. But um, the only thing is um, that I played most is uh, Metal Gear Rising, actually. Yes. And uh, it was weird. And I, I send out this tweet because when I beat the game about like the beginning of last week, it was before the election. And then you got the, <laughs> the president, the president candidate, um, presidential candidate in the game saying, I'm going to make America great again. And it's the weirdest moment. I was like, wait, what? I had to check the tapes. I had to go back and. And look at my my footage to make sure that's what he said. It's weird. There's a lot of really... uh, I would say, like, the only thing I didn't like is that it was just, like, the the colors of the the game. It's just gray, 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 and kind of Mm. dead. But the game itself was just so... Man, it it was a simple story. Straightforward. Kill some bad guys. Raiden had some conflict with stuff, you know, and Uh-oh. there were some nice anime moments Did, where he gets mad and mad stuff starts happening and it actually translates like what, what you saw in Metal Gear 4 in the cutscenes. It actually makes you feel like you're playing that cutscene, you know, um, where, you know, he's fighting action packed and killing all these guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's a... But not only as an action game, but actually as a story game too. There's just a lot of good moments in the game it's such a where perfect they mix. do some joke. 
Yeah, like it's really good. Like it keeps coming. There's always something funny in some of these cutscenes. There's always something that's gonna get you, and you're like, "What? Why did he say that?" And and then, yeah, I, I, I was like really shocked to hear you talk about how like gray and colorless a lot of it is because visually, like the levels. Oh God! Like I, I actually have to like remember how how utterly blue blue gray the entire city of Denver is. But when things are moving, like it's such a, a vibrant show of animation and, and over the top theatrics. Oh, it's so theatrical that mm. like <laughs> the words colorful and lively would like almost seem to describe how these characters move and talk, even if there's actually not that much of a splash of color on the actual screen. Yeah, it, the animations, they hold up like the game holds up just fine oh geez is it five years old just fine like there's nothing like you don't see any clunkiness it doesn't feel weird i mean you you got to get used to definitely the um, the parrying you know you got to get used to oh yeah holding holding the stick (laughs) in the correct spot uh to do the parrying uh while that person is attacking while the enemy is attacking in that direction it's it's really weird um I don't know. Sometimes it was a little. Sometimes I just it didn't land. Um, but that was like I don't know, two percent of the time, maybe out of all the other time, maybe not two percent, maybe like five percent. But yeah. their idea is that their input for parry, which is the light attack button plus the direction of the enemy you're trying to parry, yeah. is supposed to give the player an actionable result from just spamming the light attack button. And I don't think it really works as intended because there is a degree of timing required for it. But by the time you figure it out and get used to it, like it becomes a really, really interesting system that is is supposed to keep the player moving, keep your blood flowing. It's it's not possible to turtle up in this game at all. It's not the Assassin's Creed button where you just press one button for everything. You you have to think about the direction. The closest thing you have to a block button is just spamming the light attack button. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some for me, the spamming did not work. I had to stop. I had well, I had to stop with moving my stick. Because when I would move the stick and and hit the light attack, I wouldn't. And when someone's about to attack me, that was I always get hit. So I would have to stop using the left stick, attack with only just using the button. And as soon as he tries to um, to parry me or attack me, I do the parry and then I use the thumbstick. Because before I, it just wasn't coming out properly, and that's how I ended up getting used to playing. So I always get the parry all the time because sometimes it just slips through the cracks for me. Maybe I just didn't get used to it enough, but I, or maybe my brain was just like, no, I'm going to push the stick this way when I should be pushing it that way because I had my hand on the stick or whatever. But yeah, I mean, after a while, it becomes very satisfying. But I would say um, there are certain areas of the game where it's better used than other areas, like especially that boss. That boss was sick with that. <laughs> um, yeah, the the one where he gets angry and he's my fave. The the the, the music <laughs> the starts playing. The anime, 
it's great. It's, you just it's like great. described every boss, though. I love it. it the it's, one where it's he great. gets angry and the music plays. It's 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 exactly what you like hear from anime, where like a hype moment is gonna happen, and then you just hear this, you know, pop music in the background as you rip someone to shreds. It's great. It's it's so great because it's. I don't know. It's like a perfect blend of just self-aware or just joking around and um, a little serious stuff in there, too. Eh, very lightly, but it's there for you to, you know, not just like pass this off as some just like jokey game or whatever like that. Even though mm-hmm. it kind of is. It's, it, it's just overall just a good game. And I don't know. any Man, anyone should pick this up, to be honest. Um, I like wrote the script for it. I need to finish editing it up, but it's 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 good. It's a really good game. A lot better than uh, I was <laughs> a lot better than some of the other games I've played recently. Metal Gear games specifically. <laughs> <laughs> what are those? Um, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So so wait. No, I I don't know, man. Like inquiring minds want to know. I'm really. Are you actually just straight up skipping Peace Walker? No, 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 no. I I am going to gonna have to uh maybe play it again. Oh and my god. Remember the memories again? Like I, a lot of people didn't know when I say I beat it, I beat it. Like I was going for the monster hunter missions. That's how far I was in. I was hours in. Those I played co op with some random dude. Like I went in there and it, it, I quit. <laughs> I quit. I, you know, I did the date with Paz, got an S rank. You know, I went in. I went in and I was, I'm, mm, that game, <laughs> that game does <laughs> stuff to you, man. <laughs> that game. And I'm not looking forward to five or whatever. I just got to put some time aside away from work and uh, just wrap this up. Um, did you do Rising all in one day? on two days because i remember seeing you tweet about it and like (laughs) i i remember you posting a tweet of the first one of the very first battles and you says now this game is sick in a positive way (laughs) like eight hours later is a tweet more than eight hours but but within a 24 hour span is a tweet of the final boss and i was just like sitting there like with this huge grin on my face imagining you being glued to this thing because it actually moves pretty fast but (laughs) but um have you have you done any replays um i'm 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 playing on Touching it up and going back yeah, in there okay. just before I finish the script. Yeah. I, I would highly recommend ramping up the difficulty for another run. I eventually managed to get used to it on the hardest possible difficulty and posted a full playthrough on the channel. It was a lot of fun because at that level, like you really, really learn the intricacies of the parry and, and like specifically how uh it it interprets your controller movements to the point where i was just never getting it wrong because it is really finicky with how it detects your your upwards like yeah slap with the stick but uh once you like figure out the timing of that slip of, of that slap you can get to the point where where you can parry just about anything. And the other thing that you have to do a lot at the highest difficulty mode are the one hit kill perfect parries, which I think is like 
a huge, uh, amazing dimension of this game's combat system that, that like really shows just how much depth is there. That you can, with absolutely perfect, impeccable, frame perfect timing, one hit kill every single enemy in the game, including bosses. What? Like if you if you play your cards right at the upgrade store and go into them with like a super crazy overpowered sword and do those frame perfect parries and nail the QTE sequence that begins after that it's like really really tricky and you're not going to get it right until you try it again and again and again like 50 times <laughs> but you can one hit KO like I, I think every boss except the final one damn holy well, crap and um, the final boss, by the way, I played just the final boss battle on the hardest difficulty for longer than I have played many entire video games. And that the song still didn't get old. <laughs> it had to be that way. Yeah, I, I realized. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, one thing one thing that was uh, really ridiculous was the. The way they make you use the blade mode <laughs> in the last boss. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crap. Okay, I got to actually uh, learn how to move this move this uh, blade. Because in blade mode, Jimmy, if you haven't seen it, like you have to, mm -hmm. it, depending if there's free mode and then there's like you have to use a thumbstick to kind of glide the way you want the slash to go. And yeah, you have I, to slash these perfectly in order not mm -hmm. to get blown up. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game. Good game. I can't imagine it on hard mode though. Can't imagine. Can't imagine. Give it a try. No. You'll you'll mm. probably like like how how much you learn in the process. You're gonna like the way you look. <laughs> I, guarantee I guarantee it. it. You're you're gonna <laughs> like the crazy moves that, that Raiden's gonna pull off and and like how many Easter eggs you find along the way too, like like chopping the civilian's clothes off. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know you can do that? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 there. <laughs> Before they get out. All right. I, I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so <clears throat> last but not least, I mm. uh, had a friend let me play with his HoloLens. <laughs> if you know what I'm, oh boy, I'm saying. Okay, uh, let me let so me know. I I see what you mean now by by how small of a field of view you have. Yeah, it's just like a little square in front of your face that displays augmented reality, and I think this is actually a quirk of the dev kit. Is is the HoloLens mm. like fully publicly released or, or are these no. dev kits everyone's playing around with? Because this guy was telling me it was a dev kit and that in the final version, you should have more AR quote unquote hologram showing on your peripheral vision. From what I, yeah, from what I know, they're, they're only dev kits out. Like it's yeah. really closed, kind of like um, Google Glass, maybe a little bit bigger than Google Glass, but yeah. And I, I was pretty impressed with the, uh, I can't necessarily say fidelity or resolution, but but maybe like transparency factor of the holograms themselves. They really do like look solid, mm -hmm. but they're also a little blurry and a little pixelated. Uh, um, what, what did he show you? We we watched a lot of YouTube on my wall. Oh. I, I played that game called Robo Raid where robots drill through your walls and, and burst into your room and you gotta pinch at them, which which is the big the biggest problem I had with this thing. Is it failing to detect my my pinching gesture? You know the air tap you're supposed to do? Yeah. 
I, I could never get it to work reliably. It did just for some reason didn't want to detect my fingers pinching correctly. And like maybe I was doing the gesture wrong, but it just seemed like sometimes it would get it right and sometimes it wouldn't to the point where he eventually gave me a little clicker button that <laughs> that did the same thing, but with the button press instead of failing to detect a, a hand gesture. Well, well hmm. it was in your house, right? And your your lighting is pretty... Oh, I guess yeah. it depends on what sensor they're using. I don't, I don't remember what sensor they're using to to capture your hands. It had a lot of problem with furniture and my computer. Like once I tried to mm. click and drag a window of uh, of YouTube across the computer, it would start clipping into itself. Mm. And that's yeah. that's that's strange. But yeah. I I enjoyed thinking of the possibility of like leaning back in the couch with with this headset on and clicking and dragging a huge window of a movie across the entire wall and pretending that i had a huge big screen until that low field of view makes that not super possible because because what you can do is click and drag a huge screen of a movie across your wall and then like walk seven feet away and look back at it to the point where your field of view can can cover the entire screen but at that point the resolution and the fidelity of the image is so low because of the the distant viewing you're doing that you can't really see the image clearly either so you have to be up close to the windows you're clicking and dragging around in augmented reality and um but but if you're if you're up close to them you have like what like 40 degree field of view horizontally and like maybe even less vertically mm -hmm. it's it's yeah, like it needs like, to grow uh, it's, it's like like having a pair of uh, or, or like a scope in the center of your peripheral vision that is all you can you can see with this thing and, and i'm also just like wondering about practical applications too he said my, my friend who was showing it to me was a uh, programmer and an engineer and a product manager who said that he was enjoying leaning back in his bed to like look up at at screens of code or like using it to stand in for a second monitor but i think this thing's $1500 or something like that some ridiculously huge price tag at which point it would be cheaper to install second monitors <laughs> in weird parts of your house than well, buying a microsoft holo lens <laughs> Well, hmm. again, I mean, you 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 keep thinking about these new tech like it's oh like it's God. already done. Yeah, five thousand dollars. It's 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 not already done. These are just yeah. like demo stuff. This is like there's a lot of stuff. There's like freaking um three D three D images, um hollow images that, that that people have right now. I mean, it's expensive. I mean, and it's not used for anything. Like, why would you need that? To be used for anything i mean later on baby clubs you're gonna have like the 3d strippers or whatever like that that's made out of light whatever like it's not gonna be used right now like it's just tech that's early you know like ssds like i always think about ssds like nobody wanted to spend thousands of dollars on those ssds okay before nobody now it's in every freaking laptop and yeah. it's like the best thing ever no one complains now because it's the best thing ever. Okay? No one. So, so what, like, what, just, what, what is you, you just gotta wait years. You gotta what, wait what years. What is the entertainment recreation application that would make an AR headset like the HoloLens the best things ever? I don't know. Like, I, I 
I'm really lukewarm on SSDs. I have not taken the plunge to have slightly faster loading times at the expense of a much smaller hard drive. That's it's also more expensive too. to buy. Okay. It, but but anyways, anyways, pitch me. Pitch me on, on AR. Because I, I don't think I get well, it. Well, I can't really pitch you on AR. The thing is, I don't have it myself. It's, it's, it's really new tech. Like, you never know. You, you know how the world has changed since we were little? And you never thought that you would be making videos online and getting paid for it. You never thought, I don't know, these phones were have these little gadgets, you know what I'm saying, that pretty much do anything on it. Like, did, did, we don't know what life is going to be 20 years from now, you know? VR might just well fall off and AR just takes over because, like, new some other tech goes well with this tech. And then all of a sudden, AR is like the best thing ever. You have to have an AR with you, you know. But I mean, mm. like, so you, you, I don't know. I don't. I could. I couldn't pitch you on that. But twenty years from now, I'm pretty sure things are going to be different. <laughs> things I'll are going to be way be different now. Approaching my fifties, man, it would be weird to be making YouTube videos twenty years from now. Yeah. Mm. It, you think <laughs> that's yeah. that's the thing everyone thinks about, and you're like, yeah. and you look at some of the old YouTubers, and you're like, hmm, I wonder why they 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 stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I wonder how, when, and why I should eventually stop. Because I mean, well, like, the, the, it can't last forever, right? I I think with your like, I, I guess this is kind of a conversation for off the podcast, but I mean, you're you can use that to get a job. I would hope so. That you is can. that is the assumption I think a lot of us make. Yeah. It, I went far with that. I went really far with that. And you <laughs> are way more established than I am. So I would I would I would say you you might have a chance cuz I mean I know old press they're really not interested in this whole section of the world of like online video and slowly they're moving over um but i i think later on i'm pretty sure you'll have a spot i'm pretty sure yeah because they're they're gonna get desperate eventually yeah they, they will how would you like um, to cover the presidential race for 2020 kanye <laughs> kardashian 2020 let's <laughs> let's make it happen and hellboy apparently as well R so. running against it's it's, it's a publicity vote and it's uncle popularity sanders vote, you know so you know it's gonna happen <laughs> we're gonna be voting <laughs> in celebrities it's fine i think Everybody's i think fine. when i'm approaching my 50s i should run I mean, I think I think you have to do like George some Reed, paperwork man. that costs like five thousand dollars. But pff, when I'm when I'm like fifty, whatever, I'm sure the dollar won't be worth anything because because of the Senator Armstrong recessions. And and it, the, are there any more video games we would like to talk about before moving there, on? No, that stopped like twenty minutes ago. And, okay. and there's going to be a, a epic rap battles of George Weedman versus like Kanye West. I want to see that. I want to I'll be that. the joke, the joke rapper, the joke. And you're candidate. gonna have like a big blunt, like just <laughs> in your mouth. It's if, gonna be if great. If weed isn't legal in Georgia by by twenty uh twenty thirty six, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Oregon. I mean, you should just move to Oregon anyway. 
<laughs> I could move to California. If you're looking for the bush. <laughs> oh! I thought that was the I thought you were making the noise uh the the news noise welcome to the hello and welcome to the TOVG report there there you go where we say the news in your ears yeah reluctantly this just in forum users have been speculating over the past two weeks that the cd project red is prepping for a hostile takeover cdpr responded to the rumors to gamestop however i mean GameSpot, saying a spokesperson for cd project said this measure is not in response to any recent event <laughs> the meeting is taking place to vote on preventative measures should the company ever face a hostile takeover bid the what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> the story originated from, from a forum poster on NeoGAF, who on November 4th posted that a November 29th shareholder meeting will discuss a vote on whether or not the company should buy back its own stocks. <laughs> as well as merging the subsidiary company that owns the Witcher and Cyberpunk IPs back into their CDPR parent. <laughs> And whether to change the company's quote unquote oh statute. My God. Can we just read the news, please? <laughs> I'm, I doubt anybody caught anything from that. <laughs> so this uh this this sparked a lot of speculation that a big game publisher might be trying to buy out CDPR, rumors which were later clarified as um moves the company is making to prevent that from supposedly happening in the future. However, that appeared to break out as a story during some very unfortunate timing in which their lead designer for Gwent left the company. Okay. So under the assumption that CDPR is trying to remain independent and be the cool guys, you might be able to interpret that move as some kind of a disgruntled employee wanting, not wanting to put up with the, the, the new direction the company is heading. But quotes from him actually speculate on, on him leaving the company to make his own projects. He, he uh, said in an interview with Eurogamer, this is the lead designer for Gwent, Damien Monnier, saying, I have no idea yet, but... It has to be an exciting project and a cool company. We'll see. So he doesn't exactly <laughs> sound like like he has uh, uh, negative news to report from the inside of CDPR so much as it, it just seems like their company is growing faster than they anticipated. And now they have to take steps in order to to prevent the hostile takeover. People were panicking over one day last week from actually happening. Oh. A new Metro 2033 game is in the works, teased for a post-2017 <laughs> release. The, uh, the Sorry, CD Projekt Red is your thing, man. I don't have anything to add to any conversation about them. Well, like, a lot of people hype them up for being a, a uh, 
like a really GOG unconventional. Support. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're running GOG, selling twenty year old DOS games, <laughs> running through an emulator on DOSBox. They're they're putting out this this cutting edge, huge seventy hour Witcher game that doesn't really fall into the same traps as as the rest of the AAA industry. And uh, they're they're like treated as a golden goose of the industry among a lot of fans. So people are naturally like more inclined to panic should any bad news come out of them at all. I, I just I don't know, like feel like felt the need to like say, no, everything's OK. Yeah. Hmm. A new Metro 2033 <laughs> game is in the works teased Woo! for a post 2017 release. Um, a detail that got originally obfuscated by the Metro 2035 franchise IP website updating its its <laughs> in-series canology timeline is having a new 2017 video game release. So this is like interesting. They're still making Metro books. They they wrote a Metro 2035 book and published it, um, I think, this year, it may, maybe mm-hmm. maybe last year. But really, really recently, they, I, I knew they had written a sequel way back in the day, but I didn't know they were keeping this series of novels going. And on the website for the, the Metro, I guess, literary universe, they, they have a timeline of products and, and briefly listed a spot for an upcoming game in 2017, which turned out to be a gaffe. Deep, Deep Silver has responded in saying, no, it's... Uh, it's it's supposedly coming after 2017. Funny thing is, is that another sequel game hadn't even been announced yet. So we kind of got mm. like our unofficial, unplanned announcement for, for a new Metro sequel uh, by way of, of that strange, fumbly news story. I, I mean, I, <laughs> another series that I'm not really super invested I, in, so like... Right. I quite like the first one, and uh, second one I never got to play. Actually, they're both so, solid. I mean, the second yeah. one is a lot more of the same. And in fact, like I, I would think it's like a little more unrefined because of a lot of the Ranger hardcore features from the first game that I loved that they took out. I, I, I don't know if if you play it on Ranger hardcore, suddenly Metro twenty thirty three has amazing combat that ends and begins organically and and has you really really panicking as you're trying to find bad guys through the darkness and then stay stealthy and in uh the sequel they (laughs) they launched the game with that difficulty mode being dlc so i never got to to know what that's like they might have fixed that now they might have released a patch but but that was one very, very strange decision made while the project was in development from THQ, who were in the process of going bankrupt and panicking and making a lot of dumb decisions. Deep Silver is typically a much, uh, much, much less offensive publisher. So hopefully whatever new game they do won't won't carry on that that kind of nastiness, because I can't imagine like developers want that situation yeah Mm. where they like make a cool alternative difficulty mode that makes the game look and play different but only release it under a tier of of premium whale consumers but either way another game's coming apparently look forward at some point after 2017 just just don't get your hopes up during 2017 you're gonna have other things to worry about (laughs) 
<laughs> a new uh, EA reviewing transparency policy has gone into effect. They made the announcement on their German language blog for some reason about how uh, sponsored content will have to have a watermark on videos clarifying that it is an advertisement by EA. Um, game reviews will have to have a watermark in quote unquote the beginning of the video saying it is supported by EA, which sounds like fairly easy to get along with, like like just kind of an extra mile to comply with FTC standards. The one thing I worry about mm -hmm. is that language. It's uh, supported by EA, which I feel like a lot of viewers are going to misinterpret as being ad supported by EA, yeah. not necessarily supported by a free $60 value review copy. Because I mean, yeah. like the, the differences between doing a brand deal and just getting a review copy are, are like vast, a, a grand canyon of monetary differences. An ad deal yeah, can seriously. like be up to, I, I don't know, $5,000 max if you really know how to negotiate. That's That's a lot of $60 video games. I think I, I don't know. I, I'd rather that watermark say like review provided by EA rather than supported by EA. Supported seems like the wrong word. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a word that could technically apply, but it's not how people are going to see it. Yeah, which is unfortunate. <clears throat> a, a lot of people are, are kind of misinformed and and don't really look up this type of stuff. So when they see that, it's automatic at that yeah. point. They're not oh, this go review is supported by EA. Yeah, uh, of course he's not gonna shit on the game. Yeah, 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 and it gets thumbs up, and it's gonna be like the top comment. So I'm actually a little worried about this. Like the more the more I think about it, and the more I look at this watermark. I mean, advertisement, sure, whatever. Advertisement, like you're fair game for for the masses at that point. But but like getting a review copy. And calling that supported by the publisher seems a little, a little stretchy. I mean, it's not wrong, but it's it it could it could give the wrong implication. Yeah, it's supplied by EA. Is, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. only yeah, that's how most people do it. Uh, review copy supplied by blank. Yeah. That's supplied or provided by. That's almost the same the word. word. <laughs> yeah, it's it, and it only hurts EA in the end because if it's a you know the person still gets the review copy, they still get their video up. But but it could so. it could hurt the YouTubers who suddenly have a terrible reputation for being supported by big publishers when like usually even though there are a lot of scandals of YouTubers having exactly that happen for some reason there's like this huge part of of the fan community that thinks we we aren't beholden to that conflict of interest even though we are mm. i don't know like we we still depend on on getting review copies to some extent the whole reason i don't have a battlefield one review up even though i'd love to play it is because i didn't get a review copy and i can't be arsed to spend sixty dollars on it yeah i i spent sixty dollars on mgs5 and but but I mean that's Metal Gear like that's that's Metal that's, Gear that 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 is like my pinky toe, right? <laughs> um, if I chopped my pinky toe off, I might look and perform worse 
oh. than, <laughs> than the original version of me that includes the pinky toe. <laughs> the segways. Holy crap, that might be the best one. Much like this this uh, really absolutely embarrassing report coming out of Digital Foundry and other sources from other people playing other games, that there is a list of games that look and perform worse on the PS4 Pro compared to the PS4 original. Uh, the weirdest fucking one is The Last of Us Remastered. It it gets like frame drops, not big ones, five or six frames per second. But the fact that that happens, I, I don't understand. Like if you if you do this same kind of upgrade on a PC platform, like the game's just going to like flat run better unless it's a horribly poorly optimized game in the first place. I mean, maybe that's the case, but some of these other examples like speak to problems that are hopefully just early launch week issues with the PS4 Pro uh skyrim remastered deus ex mankind divided and world of final fantasy have weird visual and performance issues on a platform that is supposed to have more powerful performance yeah i did this is something i didn't expect to see at all but it's the exact you know, opposite of what yeah, the game industry never ceases to prove me wrong come the yeah. fuck on people what the hell is happening here when when so many aspects of buying a console game come with so many caveats of of inconvenience and and wait times and bugs and glitches and now just the more expensive better performing version of a console just doing the exact opposite i mean they're that they, they are you know really small frame jobs to be fair but the fact that they're there well, doesn't set a good precedent i mean maybe in deus ex maybe in skyrim special edition but fucking world of final fantasy yeah i don't know that game's real heavy on the bokeh filter I am unamused. <laughs> it's a very demanding filter. Yeah. Blurring the background is is is, gotta, is a killer. That blurry goodness. You gotta get you gotta blur it up real good. Make make yeah. sure the viewers are only looking at, at the clear stuff. Everything else just has to be implied. Why the hell is Skyrim running at 30 FPS? What the oh hell? gosh, that kills me too. I saw the D DF side-by-side uh, -side comparison of Skyrim Remastered on the PS4 versus Skyrim Vanilla on a PC, and it was depressing. <laughs> this is exactly what I was saying. Like, what are you paying for here? Like, what are you really paying for here? Are you actually going to get your box. 60 frames? Like, are you actually going to, like, come on. Come on. Yeah. These don't look any different. This is sad. <laughs> this yeah, is but so if you sad. play it on your 4K TV and sit less than two feet away, the screen will be slightly sharper. Oh my god. Mm. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I feel sad for everyone who bought a PS4, including my friends, which I told not to buy. But, don't you yeah. have a PS4? Do you feel sorry for yourself? No, no, PS4 Pro, sorry. Oh, PS4 oh. Pro. Yeah. No, PS4, no, you're fine. Play, play your games. You gotta uh, get the I'm games anyway. I'm wondering if it's gonna have the same problem that the Wii U had, where mainstream consumers just don't 
even know what it is? Because like I don't think I even know what it is. Because it, it it well now I definitely don't know what it is. It has yeah. support for 4K TVs, but it doesn't natively render the games at 4K. It upscales them, which isn't going to look like a world of difference from the original one. Just like a, a slightly sharper image quality. You you can apparently enable options in games that support it, like uh, Nio to. Uh, improve anti-aliasing at higher resolutions and improve frame rates on the PS4 compared to the original, but the original still doesn't seem like that that far off from the precedent they're setting with the Pro. I mean, 1080p 60 with with shitty anti-aliasing isn't going to look like that different of a game that's running in 1080p 60 with 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 good anti-aliasing. I mean, it'll look worse, but but not $400 new console worse. Yeah, it's not. You, what you going to trade it into GameStop, get your $100 credit, if even, and pay another $300 for this? Nah, man. Get yourself some $400 games. $400 is, is a lot of Happy Meals. Yeah. You know, you can, you can buy a meals. lot of garbage fast food with that money. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. recommend it, but yeah. A lot of in and out. Mm-hmm. You could, you could, $400. You couldn't go to Japan with $400, but you could come close if yeah. you know where to look for tickets. Yeah. <laughs> That we won't tell you, but yeah. No, no. Supply and demand, folks. <laughs> we're, we're just being rational. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. it gets better. For the people who bought it, hopefully it gets better. But all I want to see is Bloodborne running 60 frames per second. And, oh, man. You know, and then we can talk. And then, then you can say, <laughs> you know, it might be worth it. Yeah. You know? But Gosh. after that, if it's not, then I don't care about no pro. One can hope, but you don't hear a lot of support for that game these days. After they uh, launched the DLC, they put out a final patch and just seem to have forgotten about it, unfortunately. The players had a Bloodborne reboot day, which was fun, but that was the players, not the developers. God damn it. I don't know, though. Like, just thinking about Bloodborne at 60 FPS might make me like a little tempted to to do the upgrade when it becomes cheaper yeah but then again seeing it does it even run at 60 fps see it might not have even been designed to ever run at 60 fps because when you patch dark souls on the pc to 60 fps there are certain (laughs) ladders that might cause you to fall through the ground forever there are menus that if you click through too fast will lock up and break the game and uh And just imagine what it would be like on a closed platform that they never intended to to have even the users be able to patch it up to 60. Well, Bloodborne remastered. You just wait. It might happen. I haven't bought it yet. Sure. From (laughs) software. Do something like that. Mm -mm. Bloodborne. I'm actually shocked they haven't done Dark Souls 1 remake yeah. or like remaster yet. I really want to play Demon Souls but I've never had a PS3 to go all the way through it with <laughs> yeah or that it seems like those are ripe for the picking for the, the greed machine yeah greed machine is, is turning people will buy it way more ripe than fucking Skyrim Jesus Christ can I I'm not ever gonna get over that <laughs> Skyrim special edition running at 30 I'm not yes. gonna get over Woo! that it's it uses a slightly greener filter the clumps of vegetation are slightly larger texture resolution is lower for some reason 
either first person, either of the other first person Bethesda Elder Scrolls games in like the recent generations would have been a better choice by far. Um, did you see games. that video games suck? That tweet from that pizza restaurant. It might have been Domino's. It might have been Pizza Hut, but. When Skyrim Remastered Maybe. came out, they, they posted a tweet about how much nostalgic good times you could have ordering a pizza and reliving the nostalgic classic video game experience of Skyrim like in the good old days. No. It's it's uh, really funny now that Skyrim is considered nostalgia fodder. I mean, it's five years old. By the way, Metal Gear Rising is only three years old. It's still it's still not not classic rock just yet. Oh. But Skyrim is apparently. You know, I joke, but then they remastered The Last of Us in like six months, didn't they? <laughs> yep. Well, you know, PS4 needed something. It sure wasn't the pro. Hey, Bloodborne hey! wasn't out yet. They had to have. <laughs> they had to have something on the Bloodborne machine. Yes. Uh, something. So and, yeah, and people give Nintendo shit for Wind Waker HD being their like. Check out our new console on the Wii U, <laughs> but like fucking Sony did the same shit. All right, everybody, I'm did, done. Yeah. Speaking of you, games after that, but, we yeah. we we're we're all done deep down yeah. inside. We're done, so yeah, yeah. Very yeah. done with all this video game nonsense. Get overdone, yeah, yeah. Because who likes overcooked meat? Come on, no, nobody does. Medium rare at most. Um, Medium rare. That's is, disgusting. Is guys. best it's rare. I don't know. Why I never do you don't like medium rare. No, I like. You, you well don't like done. the metallic, uh, uh, bloody. Oh no! Hints? Don't say that. Don't say. Oh no! <laughs> don't say. Oh that. no! <laughs> oh oh! I'm I'm sorry. That's right. We have we have a vegan on, no, well, on the stream I'm here. I'm saying when I used to eat meat, I would get it well mm -hmm. done. Because well, I don't no, like. That's why like, don't, That's no why one, you're yeah. able to be a vegan. Because <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> what you've never experienced true flavor. <laughs> <laughs> right right that was the reason that was the reason i also don't like that that egg thing where they bust the egg all over your your freaking um um burger it's disgusting over to me. easy eggs come on man come on man you're killing me you're fucking killing the me. egg the egg like, it, it can't be too watery Dude, for the a burger you, have to still be able to over your you burger, just wait till man. you get to japan <laughs> they're not no. fetuses they're <laughs> oh man dude that on on uh Bit nice fried piece of unagi over rice. Oof. Nice <laughs> fetus. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. You, you just wait. When you go to McDonald's in Japan, all the burgers on the menu have a fried egg on them almost. And they're like $6 too. They're fancy. Or sunny side up. Fried. Ooh. They, they're, they're in like same shape and form as the patty itself. You, you might have to break your rules a couple times on the trip. but <laughs> No, I don't think I can. <laughs> oh. I gotta lock them. You know, I threw away the key. Anyway, away. yeah. Anyway, um, tell your mom about us, I guess. Unless she likes well done meat, then don't tell her about us at all. No, don't no, even mention that, us. she could come around. She could come around. No, I doubt no, it. Come on, <laughs> no. Give a girl a chance. No, no way. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, play Siege tonight, kiddos. New content dropped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play Overwatch if you're. If you're more into that, play video games, character. have fun. Um, Metal Gear Rising. <laughs> Don't play <laughs> Peace Walker. <laughs> Don't play PS4 Pro games because they might just be shit. Oh my yeah. god, genital jousting has dachshunds now. Ooh, dude, that is like the best game. I love going into balls. 
Yeah. Well, now you can like go in two balls <laughs> as a wiener dog. They, they have like these little wiener dogs flopping around the map with. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> we won't be here next week for Thanksgiving. American, American Thanksgiving. Version. Yeah. Not the Canadian one. <laughs> oh, God. So. The cactuses. No. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.